As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. The street thug races down the street and turns into a darkened alley. His heart is racing. He looks all around to see if he is still being chased. Finally, he ducks into an unlocked side door of a building he finds and huddles behind some old furniture, just hoping to get away. But his escape was not to be, as Red Hood slams the door open and marches right to where the thug is cowering. Seeing him raise his gun up, the thug's life flashes before his eyes. It is then that a baton flies through the air and strikes the hand of Red Hood, allowing the moment for the thug to escape. Red Hood turns and sees Daredevil staring him down. Nobody comes to my part of town and kills, Daredevil proclaims. Well, I do. Red Hood responds, and this territorial skirmish is about to go down. It's the man without fear versus a real joker. It's the Scarlet Swashbuckler versus the Crowbarred One. It's Daredevil versus Red Hood. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stacanus. Legion of Audience, we have a battle that represents the second time each of these characters have been on the Who Would Win show. In one corner, you have Daredevil, Marvel's Man Without Fear, versus the Red Hood, someone who loves to put fear into the hearts and minds of his opponents. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed. And clearly, this matchup has been discussed hundreds of billions of trillions of times before, but it has never, and I mean never, gotten the Who Would Win treatment until now, that is. So, Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I'm a little bit surprised to hear that this one's been talked about a bit. I saw a lot of Nightwing versus Daredevil 
kind of across the board. And obviously, we just used Nightwing a couple of weeks ago uh, in an absolutely epic battle. You should go check that one out if you haven't already. Uh, and of course, I've repped both Daredevil and the Red Hood on this show before and achieved victory with both combatants. When the board said, let's put this one together for season five, my first thought was like, why? I've already proven I'm great with both. And then I remembered, oh, James wants to rep Bat Family again so soon. And you know what? I'm here to punish him and put him through the ringer one more time with one of his most beloved characters. You know, look, what's interesting about this matchup is Daredevil, let me just kind of be really, really clear about this. Daredevil is absolutely fantastic, an amazing character. Been reading Daredevil comics for a long, long time. But I actually think Red Hood is Daredevil's kryptonite. But I'll explain all of that in the show. Ray, I have something kind of interesting. I just want to talk about this real quick. Look, we're getting more and more fans of the show, right? Whether it's through social media, it's people true. spreading the word about the show, right? We, you know, whatever we're doing, we're getting more and more amazing fans reaching out to the show, showing their support. And I am all for it. I love all of you doing it. It's fantastic. So, Ray, quick question for you. Now that our names are kind of getting out there more and more, what is your favorite way for a fan to show appreciation for you, me, and the show? Oh, this is very easy. The one thing you can do. If you were an awkward ally, a Rainiac, one of the five percenters, you know, the fans of me, which quite frankly, you all should be at this point. The number one thing that you can do to show me personal appreciation is leave me alone. Don't talk to me. Don't reach out to me. Don't involve me in your petty squabbles that I could care less about. Just go away. That would be the great way to honor my legacy. Interesting. Uh, look, I love it when the fans reach out to me. It's, it's really, really cool. Love the engagement. But, Ray, you're saying you don't want anyone really talking to you whatsoever. Just listen to the podcast. Uh, maybe leave a review and a five-star rating, whatever. But don't actually reach out to you and talk to you about anything, offer you anything. Just don't even contact you. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, that's, that's correct. I mean, look, I am always the smartest man in every single room that I enter. So if I want to talk, I'll just talk to myself. And you know what? It'll be smarter than anything that the people could say to me. Got it. Okay, so if that one particular fan reached out to me saying, hey, can I contact Ray with a sponsorship offer directly just for Ray? The answer is no. He does not want you reaching out to him for anything, regardless of Pepsi Max, whatever. Leave Ray alone. No sponsorships, no cash gifts. Send them all to the Robert Clark Chan or to me. We're good to go. Okay. Wait, who said no cash gifts? I think if you know one thing about me is I change opinions based on big checks all the time. <laughs> That's right, Ray. We do have a great judge for today's episode. So without further ado, let's see what our judge has to say about all of this. Making another appearance on the Who Would Win show. I always get insanely hyped when this person comes on and brings their judging talent he said it before, he's the world's tallest voice actor. It's still true, by the way. It is the one and only Roger Craig Smith. Roger, welcome back to Who Would Win. Thank you. I feel so dumb just just being around Ray. I, I can't, I, like, yeah. Is that, I mean, that's... It happens. Wow. I guess I, I've forgotten from the last time how brilliant he is and... Thank yeah. you. And so now No, to be and to be fair, Roger, to your point, I feel like a lot of judges drop about 100 IQ points the second they enter this room. So what you're feeling is probably pretty yeah, normal. But if I'm already below 100 to begin with, what is that? I mean, there's nowhere to go. It's uh I'm just in awe. Sometimes that means bad yeah. day for me, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm in awe. It's good to be back. <laughs> Thank you guys for for having me. It, it it always starts off in grand fashion and today is of course no exception. 
Listen, Roger, uh, I, thank you for coming on the show. The audience, absolutely. Our Legion of Audience, our fan base, just loves having you on the show. Uh, Ray and I did, too, as well as the Hoodwin production team. Uh, before we get into today's episode, tell the Legion of Audience what you've been up to, because it's so rare that you get work. We were talking about this before the show. You know, there's long periods of time where you're just waiting for the phone to ring yep. or someone to text you with an offer. What have you been up to, if anything, these days? Oh, a lot of, like, macrame, a lot of, yeah, um, yeah a lot of photographs of birds, Long I've walks. seen those online. They're great, by the way. Thank you. A lot of long walks. And no, I, uh, I, I thankfully, you know, I, I, I think we talked about this. I moved to Idaho, uh, sort of late pandemic and, and has been going, it, that has been going exceptionally well. And I'm very happy. I'm traveling a lot more. I'm, yeah, I just kind of, you know, we're all kind of coming out from the, the, uh, the before times, I guess, a uh, little, uh, pause button there. And so, yeah, like uh, fan conventions are back and that's been a new thing to kind of uh, hit up a bunch of those. Uh, I'm I'm thankfully busy during the week with voiceover and voice acting. And yeah, it's kind of a trip. I've been I've it's so the worst thing about my job is always kind of going, oh, what can I talk about? I can't remember what I'm what I can and can't talk about and what hasn't come out. Obviously, Apex Legends still going strong. Sonic Frontiers came out. Uh, it's going great. They've got more DLC on the way. I think they've announced. Um, there's a bunch of projects that are in the works with more to come and crap I can't talk about. But uh, I, I am I, I have nothing but first world problems. That's good. You're you're a first world type of guy. Thank you. Yeah, I think. No, it works. It works well. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> so I, that works well for me. That's, that's good. So, you know, you're talking about conventions and, you know, one thing that's great about you, I see this through social media and also just through, you know, how you are overall. You seem to be very, very cordial and receptive to to your fans and which is, I think, crucial in this day and age. So to kind of reiterate what we we're talking about before the show, how what's your favorite way for a fan to show that they're a fan, to show their appreciation of your work? What's your favorite way a fan can do that for you? I would say annoying, harassing, and bugging Ray as often as possible for just, Fair. like, minor requests. Like, like literally, like, like hitting him up on social media and asking him to Google things for them. Um, yeah, how dare you. Making, like, false offers of, like, you know, promotional accounts, things like that. Like, you know, like, if they could just pretend they're somebody who represents Pepsi Max... And uh, and offer Ray like a spokesperson position. That's usually the most flattering thing that that uh, that folks who would would you know refer, refer to themselves as a fan of mine might do. I, I just find that very very touching whenever they say, "Hey, it's really neat to meet you, but you should know that the other day I put out like literally on his lawn fifty cardboard cutouts of Spuds McKenzie on Ray's lawn." And I just I, th- in those yep. moments, that's when I know people care. That's when I know people. Uh, that was you. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> no, honestly, oh. I mean, like my job, like it's such a weird thing. Like I, you know, I make the joke of, uh, you know, world's tallest voice actor, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, I, I am who I am. I, I am me. <laughs> Always have been, I guess. So I don't. I the idea that like I show up in a city, and all of a sudden then I, then I'm, I'm sort of reminded of the fact that what I do for a job and all the stuff that we're doing week in and week out of like trying to get more work and the jobs that we are working on where I'm paying attention to the director and the producers and all that, all of a sudden it, it, uh, it goes from that and then gets put into either animation or a video game and that project comes out and people consume it and they live with it and they experience it and they interact with it and all of a sudden 
they're at your table and saying, hey, this meant a lot to me or, you know, or they're sharing really, really touching stories of, of, of how these games have, have impacted them through family enhancements, like you, you name it. It's a, it's a very, very interesting thing to, uh, to be a part of. And I'm always just sort of like flattered that anybody would want to stand in a line and have me scribble something on, you know, with my horrible penmanship on something that matters to them. But I, I figure that's why, you know, it, it, it's it's such a neat thing to get to hear how the work that so many people do or, or work hard to sort of uh, implement into a game or an animation, that kind of thing, comes out and it's well-received. It's just, uh, it's the best. So, yeah. But still, they should go bug Ray. <laughs> they should treat Ray as the new chat GPT and just ask Ray, like, any question totally. about anything. Ray, where do puppies come from? Unlike chat GPT... I'll tell you where to stick it. <laughs> so this is great. It's always a pleasure to have Roger Craig Smith Thank on the you. show. We have an amazing, insane battle. I'm insanely hyped. Ray, just do what you do. Do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the hero who's much better than Scarlet Witch at one thing, and that's coping with a loss of vision, Daredevil. And representing DC Comics, the anti-hero who for sure would take out that big bad wolf well before he got to grandma's house, Red Hood. That was horrible and fantastic at the same time. <laughs> really well done. Kind of proud it. of those. Not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well done right now. Before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, I know that uh, in the production meeting, you mentioned how you wanted to use the Ben Affleck version of Daredevil. Is that still the version you'll be using in today's episode? James, this is often the case. What I want to do and what will happen are two different things. We will be using the comic book version of Daredevil, for I can already tell you, you are using the comic book version of Red Hood. You are so wrong. You are so wrong. I'll sure be using the comic book version of Red Hood. Thank you. That's just uh, that's just the way to go. Remember I said Red Hood is the kryptonite to Daredevil. And it's the, the comic book version that really, really kind of shows how. More on that later. Rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will we be given less weight? Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides. Has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. And where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes. And where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter. can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to leave the Who Would Win show a five-star rating and a fantastic written review wherever you listen to podcasts. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. 
Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring... You can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's going to do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Daredevil. Daredevil is a blind superhero who uses his enhanced other senses to patrol and protect Hell's Kitchen in New York City. He was created by Stan Lee and Bill Everett and first appeared in Daredevil number one back in 1964. Matthew Murdock is a lawyer who gained superpowers when he got hit by a truck full of chemicals while trying to save a blind man who was in the street. 
This accident also rendered Matthew blind. However, his other senses are enhanced to a level to make up for that disability. He now dons a costume at night and serves to protect the innocent of Hell's Kitchen as Daredevil while also keeping up his legal practice during the day. (laughs) Fun fact, did you know that Daredevil was the one who created the Avengers? Well, it's true in a certain way. You see, Daredevil co-creator Bill Everett was responsible for delivering a Daredevil comic book called Man Without Fear. However, after six months, he still didn't have it together, so he got fired from that gig. What did Bill use his time on? Well, oddly enough, it was the creation and development of other new comic book ideas, one of which was The Avengers. So there you go. Sometimes not getting the job done can be a net positive. That's often how I feel when one of James's half-baked arguments actually gets him a win on the Who Would Win show. That is Daredevil. <laughs> Max. Pepsi Max. Destroying good thoughts for Ray Sicanus for years. Pepsi Max. All right, well done right now. Here are the details for Red Hood. Red Hood, a.k.a. Jason Todd, was created by writer Jerry Conway and artist Don Newton and first appeared as the second Robin in Batman number 357 in March of 1983. However, he first appeared as the Red Hood in Batman number 635 back in 2005. Jason Todd is Red Hood, a vigilante anti-hero who is a member of the Bat family. Jason became the second Robin after Dick Grayson became Nightwing, and Batman was in need of a new sidekick. Jason was trained by Bruce and was his partner until, you know, his death at the hands of the Joker. He was then resurrected by Talia al Ghul using the Lazarus Pit, and then was trained by both the League of Assassins and the supernatural warriors known as the Alcast. He eventually returned to Gotham City under the new alias Red Hood, using more lethal methods to fight crime. Once a villain to Batman, Red Hood has now become a crucial part of the Bat family, and although still uses methods that are more on the brutal side, strives to serve justice in a manner befitting Batman, all while still sticking to his own unique code. And here's an interesting fact about Red Hood. Did you know that of all the people who have served Batman as the faithful sidekick known as Robin, that Jason Todd is the tallest? It's true. Turns out that Jason Todd is six feet tall, Dick Grayson is 5'10", Tim Drake is 5'7", and Damian Wayne is 5'5". But you want to know something else that's kind of interesting? Batman is stated to be 6'2", and weigh a solid 210 pounds, but he's drawn differently. Some, he's always 6'2", but sometimes he's drawn as being anywhere from 225 up to 250 pounds, depending on the artist and also depending on the situation Batman is in. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Roger, do you have any questions before we get started? Um, where do puppies come from? I am not answering that question, Ray, Roger. This is a family-friendly show. Come on, Ray. Not no, I have no questions. I, I, as ever, I'm always like in awe of how much you guys prepare and how well these things are put together. And I, um, I, it, it's honestly, it's this is a very nerve-wracking thing to to be a part of. It's my third time now. That's correct. correct. And yeah, and it's still it doesn't get any easier because you guys always bring such solid arguments. And I know that the fan base is passionate and they will talk crap on me no matter what I do. So no, I'm just I'm ready to kind of I'm just ready to dive into it. I, I, I know I know better than to ask questions right now. I will say, is it a violation that when you guys are doing these little introductions to kind of take jabs at one another? I mean, like, should that be anything that I as a judge need to be even like paying attention to? Or is it kind of like if there was a judge for the judge right now and I looked to that judge and that judge said, you, you that's not that's inadmissible. Therefore, you should not pay attention to what you just heard Ray and James do to one another when they were taking their little digs. I mean, is that 
I mean, I mean, I'd refer to rule number six: the judge, the final arbiter, can disallow or veto any point. Well, I mean, you're in charge, so if okay. you want to uh, absolutely disqualify Ray right now, oh no, no, James. I mean, that's fine. I'm James, not going to. You're the judge, you James, know, Roger. You, it's close, your show. Close the door on your glass house. I mean, it's like you, we we know that you also were were taking some pot shots here and there too. So I just wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I, if I feel like you guys are getting a little too comfortable with this sort of thing, or maybe because I'm not a very good judge, you feel like you can just kind of sneak those things in, and maybe I wouldn't notice. But again, I have no that. I just said I have no questions. I guess that was a question, but you guys can you you, you can just dive right in. <laughs> Don't, Brought don't to you by wait. Pepsi Max. All don't right. For, I know, don't wait for me. <laughs> it's all good. I'll just bring uh, this to a grinding halt. Hope you're ready because I am. Go ahead and hit us for your point number one. Point number one for Daredevil. Let's just talk about what he can do and some of the people that he has fought. We're going to break it up and do it a little bit different than I did it last time. Let's face facts. He is a powerhouse when he hits people. He's knocked Kingpin, a large man. He's knocked him so hard that he's broken the wall that Kingpin flow into. This guy is powerful. This guy is strong. This guy is durable. He fought Pyro. He fought Pyro. He's a flame-based mutant character, right? Who can create fire everywhere. Fought him in the small room of a house. There was heat. There was smoke. And he was able to die all of the flames that were being shot out of him and he was able to withstand that heat. He was able to withstand that smoke to get himself out of the situation into open air where he would have a better chance. An analysis of Daredevil that was done in the comic books had him as a striking speed of 122.7 feet per second. That means that if he is within 122.7 feet of you, one second later, he can be striking you. That is outrageous. In fact, that same scanner that I saw uh, scanned in off the comic books literally said, your chance of defeating this person, 0%. He's just that good. And because he has these enhanced senses, he has an enhanced sense of touch, right? He understands the human body as well. So what you need to know is that he can run his fingers across a page and just that slight raising of all the ink on the page allows him to read easily. But it also means that he can operate nerve strikes. He can strike you in certain areas or touch you in certain areas that can cause you to go blind yourself. He can cripple you with electric uh, feeling pain. He can sever your nerves with strikes and touches. And my favorite, he can do basically the Vulcan neck pinch. He can knock you unconscious by just grabbing you and putting his uh, pressure in certain parts of your body. But it's not just physical strength. He's mentally strong as well. This is a character who's resisted the purple man's mind control. You remember him, Doctor Who from the Jessica Jones show was the live action version. He's resisted that character many, many times. And this guy could take over the minds of just about anybody. Let's talk about some of the biggest moments in fights that he's had. He beat a character named Bruiser by sussing out his weakness in, in the moment, having never fought this guy before, Bruiser could uh, move his, shift his weight around to wherever he needs it. So when he punches you, he's a very large man, he puts all of his weight into his punch. When you try to throw him, he puts all of his weight into his legs so you can't move him. He figured out exactly which spot was the weakest and broke his leg right there while he was being choked out. 
Unbelievable. Hey, he also did something called MGH, Mutant Growth Hormone, in Marvel Comics, which basically means you've seen the boys. You know what Compound V is. It's basically Compound V. If you take it, you get superpowers for a short period of time. Well, 107 armed Yakuza all hopped up on MGH, all of them superheroes. He beat every single one of them in a fight at the same time. 107 super-powered Yakuza. How is non-super-powered Red Hood gonna even hang here? And let's talk about some of these other big wins that he's had. He's beaten Electro, Matador, and Gladiator. All at the same time, he fought all three of them simultaneously and defeated them. And Gladiator, as James will have you know in other battles, has Superman-level strength. Other characters he's beaten, I don't know, Shuri? He beat down Kingpin repeatedly. He impaled Bullseye in an alternate version. He beat Rhino's charge, taking him out. Completely dominated physically the Punisher. Beat Wolverine. Human Torch had a water tower dropped on him. Straight up knocked Spider-Man unconscious. Beat down Typhoid Mary, a strong character. And defeated Doctor Doom when he thought he could mind swap with him in order to take over his uh, superior athletic body. It did not work. At the end of the day, Daredevil has too many wins against too many great characters, and he can do too many things against a regular human like Red Hood. And that's my point number one. How dare you race to Canis thinking I didn't do my research. I'm going to call you out on so much of this. What's well, a right. day that ends in Y, James? Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay, first of all, uh, Daredevil does punch really hard. I mean, he's got that boxing background. That's great. But, you know, according to Bullseye, uh, one of uh, Daredevil's main, you know, rivals, Daredevil hits hard, but uh, Batman hits harder. That was in a Marvel DC crossover. Bullseye somehow in the Batcave, mysteriously. Batman sees him, you know, dodges something that Bullseye throws at him, hits him once, takes him out, and before he goes out, he's like, wow, you hit harder than Daredevil. Pretty cool. Uh, I agree also in that zero chance thing. Ray, you have zero chance of beating Daredevil. I'm glad you said that. We all agree with that. Uh, nerve attacks. That's something Red Hood actually specializes in. And try doing that on him because not only will you see it coming and be understanding that's something that can be done to him because he's trained in it, but he's also wearing body armor from head to toe. And finally, Gladiator, El Matador. This is not the same Gladiator from the Chiar Empire with that cool mohawk and everything. What happened was this was I think, what, three decades ago, he's taking on a guy named Gladiator who's got like a helmet on or something, like a Roman Gladiator. El Matador literally is dressed like a Spanish Matador with a red cape and that funny hat. Yeah, he took out those three guys. Fantastic. It's not the Superman-level Gladiator. Nice try, Race to Canis. Let me get to my point number one. And for my point number one, let's talk about just the many wonderful weapons of Red Hood. Look, he's got body armor that was upgraded and redesigned by Batman, of all people. And that's after he already took on Batman and said, hey, you know what? Sure, you beat me that first time, but I'm going to help you be even more powerful with your armor. And this body armor is bulletproof, fireproof, cutproof, can protect Red Hood from a lot of damage, such as massive falls, explosions, huge electrical blasts, getting hit by the Amazonian known as Artemis or by her magical battle axe and even getting hit by Bizarro and being able to continue to fight. He tanked punches and being hit by Bizarro. Awesome. In fact, that big cool red bat symbol on the chest of the armor is a super powerful taser that even took out Batman with one blast when he was fighting him and that's interesting because Batman has an insulated suit that should have protected him from it. Listen, he has twin semi-automatic pistols that are amongst the best in the world. In fact, they've been redesigned to fire bullets faster to keep up with the Red Hood's fighting style. His bullets can easily penetrate some of the strongest armor 
in the DC universe. They can hurt Supergirl and are powerful enough to even kill Bizarro. That's a fact. On top of that, his helmet is even more powerful than his body armor. Can protect Red Hood from hits from Bizarro, infrared scanners. It's got infrared scanners, night vision, visual displays, enable Red Hood to read the area, and can even be used as an explosive device in case he needs it, because why not? But he's also got a lot of the Bat-themed tech on him, thanks to being a member of the Bat family, of course, such as pocket explosives. Those are the small little round devices that can be thrown to stick to any service and detonate on command or by a preset countdown. He's got this enhanced grappling hook used to swing and climb. I think it reaches over 100 yards. He's got these various shuriken or you know star-shaped throwing stars that he throws at super quick speeds. These are perfect for Jason Todd because he just loves them. They have like a number of variations, sonic attacks, knockout gases, knockout poisons, and explosives. He's also got bolas made of super strong material to ensnare and trap even super strong opponents. This guy is armed like crazy. He also has dual crowbars that are capable of emitting powerful electric shocks to opponents. And surprise, surprise, he can also use them as crowbars and smash opponents. But he's not just like mindlessly smashing someone with a crowbar. He's using a martial art style. It's almost like using Filipino uh, collie and sticks where he's just using them super fast. He is super skilled at using crowbars is what I'm trying to say. He's got these cybernetic blades that come out of his forearm area of his armor that can be used as weapons. They're electrical shocking devices can somehow, they're super sharp, can somehow enable him to glide through the air, giving him the mobility advantage over Daredevil. And finally, Jason Todd possesses what are called the All Blades. He's got this magical ability to summon the All Blades, which are a pair of mystical swords manifested from Jason's own soul. Fun fact, they can cut through pretty much anything. Put all of this together, and Red Hood has the armor to take superhuman punishment in all forms, as well as weapons to attack Daredevil in close, mid, and far range. And that is my point number one. Well, okay then. There's a lot you said there. First of all, I'm going to start by pushing back on your counter. You said, oh, oh, it was said that Batman punches harder. Bullseye said it. Batman punches harder than Daredevil in a crossover. Of course, crossovers get less weight. And of course, if it's happening in a crossover comic, they're going to try to put Batman over. And also hitting, I mean, I don't even believe it, first off. But second off, if you say Batman hits harder than you, I mean, is that really such the worst thing that could ever happen to you, quite honestly? Uh, I see that as a point of honor. And you say he fights with crowbars. Oh, boy, crowbars. What strip mall do you go to, martial arts studio, that you would learn how to fight with crowbars? Who's teaching that, James? That sounds absolutely ridiculous. And you talked a little bit. You can learn that at Max Impact Martial Arts, taught by your instructor, James Gavsey. I'll show you how to use crowbars like weapons. Continue, Rick. I will not be attending those sessions, so don't look for me there. And you mentioned crowbars. Gee, wonder if anything happened with him and crowbar. Oh, yeah, that's right. The the non-powered Joker murdered him with a crowbar. Yikes. A little weird that he'd be rocking him in the first place. And yes, he could use these stun rods, electric shocks. But when you've already fought and defeated Electro on a number of occasions, maybe that's not such a big deal. That's the thing. All these different attacks and things you said he could do, Daredevil's beaten five different people uh, that have that same ability you know, twice on Sunday. And the Gladiator. He's, I'm looking at some different scans. He's fought like four different versions of Gladiator. So whichever one you're talking about, James, is no doubt been defeated by Daredevil as well. Uh, pushback and more pushback. All right, Roger Craig Smith, you've heard one point from both of us. Where's your head at so far with this battle? I gotta be honest, James, 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 I'm I'm worried about you on this one. Just Ray came in guns ablazing, not to Red Hood reference, but uh, but James Ray just annihilated with math and stats and 
the the volume of of examples of opponents who had been dropped it's it's tough and and then the crowbar thing he kind of brought it to you with the crowbar reference bringing up the fact that joker you know murdered with the crowbar it's i this is a tough one but i i i feel like right now ray has uh, has had a, a very impressive start uh to this not though james Mm-hmm. It's not to take away. I'm not trying to. You know, I'm not trying to. You know, sit there and say that it's it's uh it's in the in the bag for Ray, but uh, but I I just feel like uh, I think Ray came at us with a lot of math and stats, and it's clear that he was doing his homework and and yeah, that might might be something you want to consider. Might be Listen, you want math to and stats definitely in my ballpark, but you know I just want to congratulate Ray for for the math and stats. You know it's it, it's really good to kind of try something new. Like Matt. <laughs> He's the smartest and, guy in the room. So, yeah, I know. You know. This is something I'm actually proud of. of math. I, I can't, yeah. you know, I'm not disagreeing with anything you said. And just the fact that Ray actually used math in a correct way and stats in a correct way is just, you know, it's important to grow as a human being. <laughs> we're all proud of him. Yeah, we're all proud of him. I think that's great. All Good right, job, Ray, Ray. You came out pretty strong in your point number one. My point was more to kind of demonstrate some stuff he brings to the party. So let's see how this plays out. Go ahead and hit us with your point number two. You know, much like Dr. Manhattan doesn't worry about people because they are but ants to him, that is how my intellect compares to every room that I go in. They are merely ants to me. I play with them for my amusement. Point number two for Daredevil. We're going to talk about some of his pure athleticism because, yes, he's a super-powered individual due to his super-enhanced other senses other than sight, but he's also combining that with the fact that he is an Olympic-level athlete. His base level, if he didn't have the senses, this is a guy who could win gold medal after gold medal, you know, in the decathlon or, or any, anything he basically set his mind to. He is a gold level winner. This is a guy who's so strong, though. His sense of touch enhanced. He used a 400 pound weight. A guy was lifting it, you know, doing what push ups with it. I don't know how gyms work. He was pushing up with the 400 pound weight, and Daredevil just grabbed it and started whacking people right and left with it like it was no big deal. They even mentioned in the comic that it was as if he was using a 50-pound weight to slap them around instead of a 400-pound weight. So he is massively strong. And this is a guy who can jump very high as well, can jump from floor to floor. He can jump from the first floor up an elevator shaft to the second floor of a building to the third floor. He is an acrobat who also has superior jumping ability. Important. He also could do other things I didn't know he could do this time around, like shoot arrows. If you give him a bow and arrow, even though he can't see, he can easily and deftly hit the bullseye destroying other arrows on the bullseye Robin Hood style just by wanting to do it. And let's talk about the training he's had. This is a guy who's been training in ninjutsu, aki jujitsu, Aikido, Judo, Karate, Jiu-Jitsu, Kung Fu, Silat, Capoeira, Wrestling, Stick Fighting, and American-style Boxing. There's basically no martial art that he's been trained in that he isn't great at. And he knows them all, too. In fact, it's been said, Captain America, we all know is like the greatest fighter in the Marvel Universe, Daredevil is a better pound-for-pound fighter than Captain America, the guy who trains everybody to be their peak you know, pinnacle when it comes to fighting. But his super senses give him some other bonuses as well. His reaction time and his abilities through reacting is incredible. This is a guy, and I couldn't believe it till I saw it, he deflects bullets with his batons. It's not just that he deflects bullets with his batons. He does this 
all the time. This is like his go-to move. It's in like every issue of Daredevil at some point, whether they're firing, you know, uh, pistols, shotguns, uh, 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 rifles, whatever you got. He's just slapping every single bullet out of the air with his insane level of reactions. It's been said it's on par with Spidey senses from Spider-Man. Maybe even better, quite frankly. And when he doesn't feel like deflecting bullets, what does he do? He just dodges them like it's his job. He's deflect. He's dodged bullets at close range, sure. Automatic weapons, you know, machine guns being fired at him. He just dodges all the weapons. Point blank, he had three guns in his back and he was able to dodge his way out of that situation. And at one point he had an entire room full of people that were all training their guns on him at the same time at all angles. And he dodged out of the way of every single one of those bullets. How is normal one person red hood with a pistol going to land a single shot on daredevil? He moves just too fast too adeptly. And he knows when everything is coming because he can hear the bullet before it even leaves the chamber, right? At one point, he dodged a sniper rifle shot after the bullet had been fired. He just figured out it was coming mid-shot. Those move pretty fast. Got out of the way. And last thing, when shooting arrows at him, not that Red Hood would. I just love the fact that he just reaches out and grabs all the arrows out of the air and just holds them in a quiver after it's done. This guy is fast. This guy is strong. This guy will knock Red Hood senseless. And that's my point number two. Listen, I can't disagree that Daredevil isn't, you know, I'd say above Olympic level, you know, peak human as much as you can be, but still not quite Captain America levels. But again, insanely, insanely strong for a human being. Uh, awesome, awesome, awesome character. Now, by the way, Ray, what you do when you, when you go to the gym, uh, if you try some time, what you're doing is you're pressing weights. You're not doing a push-up with the waist. Like when you do a push up, you're not pushing the world away from you. You're pushing up. You're not pressing. No, hey, we'll that's, talk later. That, that's how I, that's how I did like a thousand pounds. I put them on the ground and then I pushed yeah. myself up. That's how you do it. I pushed up a thousand pounds. I can't argue strong. with that logic. Can't very argue strong. with that logic. Listen, uh, you know, on top of that, you know, here's the thing. Let him deflect a bullet. Let Daredevil deflect a bullet. You got to remember the bullets being fired from Red Hood's guns are not your typical bullets. He's going to fire it. And this thing's already designed to go through Deathstroke's armor, right? So it actually got through Deathstroke's armor. Guaranteed Deathstroke's armor is stronger and tougher than whatever the batons Daredevil has, you know, using it, which are fantastic, but they're definitely strong. He tries to deflect it. It's going right through. These are things that can destroy and kill Bizarro. I'm pretty sure his sticks or whatever he's using are not going to block him. And, you know, in terms of being hit by bullet, the cool part is, unfortunately, the Punisher has tagged and hit Daredevil many times with bullets from guns and where Daredevil was not able to get out of the way. That's unfortunate. Unfortunately, it's true. And finally, if he grabs any type of throwing star or whatever weapon that Red Hood throws at him and he happens to use his senses and all that kind of stuff and he grabs it, the thing's still going to go off. So he's still going to get hit by it, tased by it. Uh, you know, if there's electric shock, gas, whatever, it's still going to go off. It's kind of like that scene in Batman versus Superman where that arrow is shot or bullet shot at Superman. He catches it and all of a sudden the kryptonite just comes out of it. That's the same that's going to happen to Daredevil. All right, let me get to my point number two. Let's talk about the man behind the mask. So the starting point for Jason and Todd is this. He has a genius IQ. He's a peak human as well, which means his strength, speed, stamina, agility, reflexes, coordination, 
are also at peak human perfection. He's super proficient at stealth, by the way, surveillance and combat. He has displayed on multiple occasions that he's quick enough to dodge point-blank gunfire coming at him from all directions. He's a master detective as well. He's been trained to notice everything and anything that someone does or says, you know, their fighting style, their environment, to make instant decisions, calculations, strategies about his opponent, all in order to take them out. By the way, I'm not talking about the Red Hood version of Jason Todd. I'm talking about when Jason Todd was Robin, you know, when he was a kid. See, Jason Todd was already crazy good as Robin, but then he died at the hands of the Joker and came back and was dipped in the Lazarus pit. He became a lot better than before. So everything he was good at as Robin, feel free to magnify it by 10 times at least, especially when it comes to combat. Fun fact, he's had better training than any of the members of the Bat family, save for possibly Batman. Remember, Jason Todd had his initial training from Batman when he was Robin. Then he got years of training from the League of Assassins and Talia al Ghul, and he eventually took over the League of Assassins, and then he got training from the best instructors from around the world in every aspect of crime fighting, assassination, weaponry, and combat. And speaking of combat, Damian Wayne, the absolute psychotic biological son of Batman, considers Jason Todd to be one of the greatest fighters who have ever lived. Red Hood is also insanely hard to hit. Artemis, one of the top Amazonian warriors from Themyscira, who is of similar kind of power levels and speed of Wonder Woman, had a very hard time even laying a finger on him due to him being so elusive. Even speedsters in the DC Universe find it hard to hit Red Hood. He's also a master marksman. He can hit a moving target with a projectile or a bullet in close or far range while they're moving through air. While he's moving through air, it's not a problem for him. He's also a master swordsman. He's so good at sword fighting that he was able to disarm and beat Ra's al Ghul in a sword fight when Ra's al Ghul was superpowered and in god mode which means when Red Hood summons the All-Blaze, Daredevil will be in for a very bad day. And as I mentioned in a previous episode, because Jason Todd was submerged into that Lazarus pit, he now has some super, super abilities. That's what I'm saying. The Lazarus Pit gave him super strength, where he's now strong enough to break through a submarine hull with a single punch. He can casually kick an airplane door off the hinges while it's flying. And while swimming away from that same submarine underwater, he was able to tank the numerous, again, numerous nuclear explosions that went off inside of it. He's strong enough to send the super-powered, super-mercenary Deathstroke flying with a kick. He can break the neck and arms of superhumans. He can hold up the roof of a collapsed building and support the weight of an enormous cruise missile for an extended period of time. His speed, his reflexes, his agility have also increased to superhuman level. See, this isn't a normal member of the Bat family that Daredevil is facing. Red Hood is something else. All of that is my point number two. Okay, I think you're, I think you're exaggerating a little bit when you're pretending that Red Hood has tanked nuclear bombs to the face. Uh, I don't have that particular issue in front of me, but obviously that is not in line with the character. I think that you're stretching the truth and not telling us everything as you normally do. Now, I have a few things to talk about here. You talked about the Punisher was able to tag him with bullets. Absolutely. You know, the Punisher is a master of traps. Uh, Punisher is a master of getting you in a bad position and taking advantage of it. He also uses heavier weapons with more uh, shots than uh, Red Hood does. So it's not surprising that the Punisher, one of the greatest marksmen, you know, ever in comics, was able to get a few shots off. Sure. But at the end of the day, you know, Jason Todd, right? Red Hood is Robin. He's a Robin at the end of the day. And, and, and I just don't see him being on the same level. You talk about, oh, hits hard, Batman hits harder. That's fine. Batman is a different character. I can say, as somebody who's played Batman in Justice League Mortal, like I have, talking to a judge like Roger, who has played Batman in uh, Arkham Origins, I think we know that Batman is not Robin at the end of the day. And is the hood going to be a problem? 
Is the hood going to be a problem visually? I know whenever I'm wearing headgear like that, I have trouble seeing out of my peripheral vision. Red Hood does not have enhanced senses the same way Daredevil does. Wearing that hood, I can only think, would cause a problem with his senses. That's not a good place to be. And just a couple weeks ago, James, you were telling me that Nightwing was the best trained person in the Bat family. Suddenly, this week, you're repping Red Hood. And suddenly, wow, Red Hood is the best trained person. I wish you would make up your mind once and for all and not let it be a week-by-week basis. Final thing to talk about, Damian Wayne said he was the toughest fighter, but Damian Wayne is 14 years old. I don't trust the judgment of a 14-year-old on basically anything, and I don't hear either. You don't trust the judgment of a 14-year-old yet. You're every day at Burger King downing the Pepsi Max, eating the... Okay, whatever. It's all good. Listen, (sighs) Roger Craig Smith... We are at the turning point where after hearing two points from Bray and myself, Roger's going to tell us who's ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Roger has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today, you know what? We're talking about Damian Wayne, talking about young people. You got me thinking it's been a while. Let's bring him back. Gabe Ingrata is our fan of the week. Oh my gosh, Gabe Ingrata. Okay, so Gabe is this insanely powerful, super genius type of character. Okay, I got it. Let's have him go against the reality warping and insane power of one of the most powerful animated characters of all time, Scooby-Doo. Oh, Scooby-Doo. Come on, Scooby-Doo versus Gabe and Grata. The thing to keep in mind about Gabe is Gabe has listened to each and every episode of the Who Would Win show. So he's going to be able to go back when this fight starts, and he'll remember Michael Myers versus Scooby-Doo, right? So he's going to get ready. He's going to set himself up. Scooby-Doo's going to be doing some weird things. He's going to be walking on a door on the right and appearing at a door in the back left somewhere. And he's going to be running up the sides of walls. He's going to be running on ceilings. He's going to be jumping down chandeliers with jackhammers. And Gabe is going to see that coming he's gonna go i'm not going down the same way michael myers went down so what happens scooby-doo gets chased a little bit because of course gabe is wearing a scary mask and gabe is gonna chase him around you know the way scooby-doo is afraid of everything he's gonna run up the wall he's gonna run off the ceiling scooby-doo is he's gonna drop from the ceiling with a jackhammer straight at gabe and grata but because gabe saw it coming he pulls a lever drops a trap door scooby-doo falls into a vat of sharks Ending Scooby-Doo's day, Gabe and Grata wins this battle. Wow, that's amazing. Who would have known that Gabe and Grata could actually do the one thing to Scooby-Doo that no one else could, that is turn Scooby-Doo into Scooby Snacks. Well done, Gabe. Now, remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now, back to the turning point. Roger, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? Honestly, I know that it's my job right now to like to 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 put the fear into one of you. Uh, I'm gonna put the fear into both of you guys because, like I said, we started off and Ray was so solid on point number one, and and James, you just, I mean, you came back strong with point number two. Ray had some excellent rebuttals uh, to to that. I really like the fact that you were talking about the hood potentially, you know causing sort of issues with peripheral vision uh, in comparison to, say, Daredevil's sense abilities, that kind of thing. It's, it's like everybody... I, I'm, I take notes throughout this whole thing. Your point number two, James, you brought up, like, all the things that I think Ray was kind of, like, solid at on both point one and point two. 
but you delivered it really, really well for point two, which is all the skills, all the training, quite the detective, all of that. Uh, and I also liked your... Uh, I also liked your rebuttal too, to uh, to raise uh, issue of like grabbing things, you know, the not being the best defense. I I, I am I am literally split fifty fifty right down the middle. This is anybody's game as of now. So both you guys got to step it up. How about that? Is that uh, is that fair? I, I I can't sit there and say that like well it's you know Ray's ahead, James is ahead. I that just I don't know where I, I I can't I can't make that call right now. I mean, you could if you wanted to, but no, it's fair. It's fair to <laughs> Actually, uh, say it's uh, 50-50. It's, you know, it's a thing. We've been here a lot, Roger Craig Smith, and uh, it's not good. Good judges, by the way, I've noticed, we've had a lot of them recently, especially, are kind of at this point for point number two of like, this is anyone's game, yeah. right? And I think Ray and I know this chess match. We've been doing it for years. Yeah. We know how this is going to go down. All right. Ray, let's see if we can both bring it. Go ahead. Do your best with point number three. Point number three for Daredevil. I want to bring up a lot of different things. We'll call it a potpourri segment because this is a massively powerful character. He uses his baton. He either strikes you with it or he throws it a little bit like Nightwing would be known to do, except he does so, of course, in a much superior way. This is a guy who breaks concrete walls by hitting them with a baton. If you're breaking a concrete wall, you're going to break a skull pretty easily and put him down for the count. And based on the fact that he is so skilled with it, remember, James is acting like in order to deflect bullets, you have to hold the thing out and hit it directly back at the person firing you. All you have to do to deflect bullets is knock it out of the way from hitting you. So yes, I do believe he is skilled enough and his batons are strong enough to deflect even Red Hood's bullets from hitting him. Am I going to say that, you know, they're not coming with a force? He won't be able to redirect back at Red Hood's face? Maybe not, but I'm just saying He's not going to get hit by any of this stuff. He will ricochet it, by the way. He will throw the batons so they will ricochet themselves off of surfaces and walls, though, because he kind of sees 4D chests in any room that he's in. It's so fast and so surprising, and they're coming from such weird angles that he tags people who have super senses, characters like a Spider-Man. He's so good with it, he'll hit people who should be able to see it coming, and they still cannot. And let's talk more about super senses, because he has basically... A radar sense and echo location that he will use all the time. What does that mean? One, he's capable of knowing absolutely everything that is happening all at the same time in an area. There is no way Red Hood is going to do anything that's going to surprise Daredevil. And quite honestly, Red Hood is not as athletic as Daredevil. He's not as good a fighter as Daredevil. So when these two get into a situation where it's mano e mano, Daredevil has every single advantage in the fight. Another thing he uses his senses to do is finding weak points in things, whether that's weak points in armor, a wall, a character's body. He will break the body armor. And you're talking about this Red Red Hood armor like it's completely impervious to anything. There is a weak point on there somewhere. Daredevil will find it and he will uh, take advantage of that because that's exactly how he fights. He's not trying to be the biggest dog in the fight, but he's got the biggest fight in the dog and he knows how to hit you. He sensed a sniper across the street and up several floors from his location. He just figured out that he was there using his super senses. Again, what can Red Hood do that he won't see coming? Oh, also, Daredevil is a master of stealth. Are we forgetting he was, like, trained by ninjas? 
So he he not only knows the body, nerve strikes, can, can incapacitate somebody with just a touch, but he was trained by a character named Stick and knows a bunch of ninja stuff at a master level. One of the wildest things I saw was a group of people having a conversation for over an hour talking about him. And then it's revealed just through using quote unquote ninja tricks. He was there the entire time using his ninja tricks and he was not noticed by anyone until finally he was ready to be noticed an hour into this group ringed conversation. And then they were like, when did you get here? I've been here for an hour. You didn't notice me. That's the ninja stuff I know how to do. And that's not even bringing up his insane level of durability. This guy tanks explosions like they are just bug bites, essentially. I don't know if he just knows how to move his body to roll with everything that happens. This guy has been its ground zero for a whole bunch of different explosions all over the place and never seems to suffer any damage from him because he's always flying out of windows, rolling with it. Never seems to get hurt. You said Red Hood likes to use explosives. That's great. That will do nothing to Daredevil at all. Punisher once tranquilized him at close range. He was able to push through what must have been a virulent toxin and save a man's life after the Punisher hit him with the trank and he was able to keep his consciousness. So any weird gas tricks just plain aren't going to work as well. You mentioned electricity. Look, he dodges electro blasts. He's taken electro shots. He's not slowed by it. Red Hood nowhere here. And the sound thing. I know you're going to bring it up. I'll have more to talk about it in my counters, potentially. The people of Wakanda, great technology. Yes, they hit him with a sonic attack because they figured that would be the best way to bring him down, right? Overwhelm him with sound. Daredevil pretended like he was down to get himself into the throne room and then started kicking everybody's butt in the throne room, basically by, by being, I lied. And then just starts wailing on people when they think they've got him down. So psychological attacks as well. Roger, Batman to Batman, you know Red Hood isn't it, you know Daredevil is, and that's my point number three. Wow, again, I, I just, I can push back on so much, and I will, listen, you may have played Batman in something, but I've actually trained like Batman because I'm a nerd who does martial arts and actually went down that rabbit hole. All right, now here's the thing, the baton's powerful, absolutely, but you gotta remember, this is someone who understands head trauma and physical trauma from crowbars and batons and pipes and what have you, because that's how he died when he was a kid at the hands of the Joker. This is something why he, this is the reason why he has that helmet and the armor in the first place. In terms of um, his helmet, he's got infrared vision, all these different types of sensors, because he's part of the Bat family. He was trained by Batman. He's like, listen, people can use stealth in really great ways without powers. They can still be very stealthy. So I'm going to build in all of this technology within my helmet so I can see and hear things and people around me who otherwise wouldn't be seen or heard. So Daredevil's stealth won't be that useful against someone who's not actually going to be falling forward. Okay, let me get to my point number three. And let's just talk from my point number three. Let's talk big wins for Red Hood and about Daredevil's biggest weaknesses that play directly into Red Hood's biggest strength. So who has Red Hood beaten? He's beaten Deathstroke, who is DC Comics Ultimate. I've already said super mercenary. He's kind of got that healing factor, super strength, enhanced physicals, stronger than Captain America. He's also got super super armor machine guns, that healing factor, like I said, and he's beaten him. He's beaten Nightwing. He beat Lady Shiva using a technique from a style called Dim Mac. I used to laugh at this because Dim Mac means like, you know, the touch of death kind of thing. But Lady Shiva herself taught them this technique. And look, as an MMA instructor, when a student can beat you with a technique that you taught them the way that 
Red Hood beat Lady Shiva with that Dimac technique. That's insanely impressive. And that's a win over the second best fighter in the DC Universe. Oh, here's a fun fact. He's also got a win over the best fighter in the DC Universe. This is someone called Orphan, who is a member of the Bat family. Now, Red Hood beat her by using a series of techniques and overall combat strategy that overloaded her senses. And keep in mind, this is before Red Hood officially joined the Bat family. So he beat her without having this previous intel on her and just overloaded her senses and because that was the only way she uses her senses to kind of see everything that's going on, watch people, see patterns, what have you, and he used that against her. Now, Red, Red Hood is actually knocked down and beat up Lobo, Lobo, a Superman villain, to the point where Lobo decided to stop fighting. Keep that in mind. Red Hood made Lobo give up in a fight. That counts as a huge win. And finally, not to be a little one of my favorites, you know this, Red Hood has decisive wins over Batman. You know, Batman, the person who beat Captain America one-on-one -on -one that one time, the same Captain America who beat up Daredevil by hitting him just a few times. Look, Daredevil, no joke, he's an incredible fighter, he's an incredible hero. By the way, he's a really good lawyer. I think that should be brought up a lot more, but he's got some really interesting weaknesses that play directly into Red Hood's hands. For example, Daredevil has a blind spot to magic. So one time, Doctor Strange just materialized in, you know, in front of uh, uh, Daredevil, and that surprised the hell out of him because, as Daredevil admitted, his senses are blind to magic, so he couldn't detect Doctor Strange appearing. Why is that a problem in this fight? Because Red Hood has his magical all blades he can summon magically, which will catch Daredevil, Daredevil completely by surprise because they're magic. Now, of course, Daredevil can take some hits, but he's not superhuman, especially when it comes to head trauma. I hate to bring this up, but a character named Frogman, yes, a guy dressed up as a frog with big springs on his feet, somehow caught Daredevil by surprise on a rooftop and knocked him out cold using a special martial arts fighting technique called, I'm using air quotes, I'll hit you twice in the head with a pipe. Whatever that is. Yeah, two hits with a pipe to the head took out Daredevil. Look, it happens to the best of us, but this attack took out Daredevil. It won't take out Red Hood if Daredevil tries that with his batons. Again, because this is why he what he learned from being killed by the Joker. Hey, don't let head trauma be a thing. All right, now his senses can be overwhelmed, which I already mentioned, Daredevil senses, which can completely disable him. For example, high-pitched sounds such as ultrasound at 120 decibels can severely weaken him and take him out of a fight. He's also super sensitive to gas attacks. Just like when Daredevil lost to Hawkeye when he hit him with a gas and sonic arrow. And by the way, Daredevil caught one of those arrows. Two types of attacks that Red Hood, by the way, also use. He's got the sonic attack and the gas attack, and he uses stuff in combination. And overwhelming of fighter senses. Red Hood's already done that with Orphan, the best fighter in the DC Universe. And keep in mind that unlike the rest of the Bat family, Red Hood uses his weapons as an opening salvo as opposed to, you know, using it once in a while during the fight because he wants to test his opponent, see how they react to different things. And how long do you think it will take Red Hood to figure out Daredevil has something going on with his sight or his vision when he throws a flashbang at Daredevil and the flashbang grenade does not do anything to him. He'll be like, ah, got it. I'm observing something here. Also, Daredevil has a very hard time against opponents with weapons, like how he lost to Moon Knight because Moon Knight used his club-like truncheon to knock Daredevil out, or like how Daredevil lost to Elektra a number of times who used her size to completely take him out, those really cool martial art weapons. She's beaten him a number of fights. Here's a fun weakness. Daredevil doesn't do well against opponents with guns like the Punisher, who he's lost to quite a few times. Again, that's the Punisher, and someone who uses guns really, really well with super powerful bullets that can take out Bizarro and hits and hurt Supergirl. That's Red Hood. And finally, finally, the Red Hood cheats. 
And this isn't so much a weakness to Daredevil as it's a thing that Red Hood does. Red Hood does. Remember, if Red Hood has to do something that violates Batman's code, is considered underhanded or outside the code of a typical anti-hero, Red Hood will do it. What am I referring to? Well, it's the fact that Red Hood has on him, a ver- at all times, a specific form of the super steroid called Venom, something similar to what Bane takes, but it increases all of his physicals, but it doesn't affect his mind whatsoever. So he's on it. He can punch hard enough to hurt Bizarro, break out of Supergirl holding on to him. That's quite the power upgrade to go with everything else Red Hood has going on for him. Oh, he's also faster, more durable on Venom as well. But the final reason why Red Hood beats Dare- Daredevil is because when it comes to defeating an opponent, Daredevil needs to ramp up before he goes into that, okay, I'm going to violate my rule, my anti-killing rule. That's where Red Hood starts. He's already there. Look, this is something where I see Daredevil is going to get hurt, maybe killed, but definitely hurt, and try to figure out a way to escape, and then he'll figure out a plan and want to come back for a second attack. But in terms of the first one, he won't be able to detect the magic all blades. The bullets are getting through, and he's got better armor. And by the way, when this fight gets in close... Red Hood has a whole bunch of weapons that can affect Daredevil that won't affect him because of his helmet and his armor. That's why Daredevil loses. That's why Red Hood wins. That's my point number three. I mean, okay, we're stretching credulity quite a bit here with a lot of it. The Venom, this is like a like a basically a one-time kind of a deal looking through storylines about Venom. This is not a thing that he's just known for using. Isn't that one of the rules of Who Would Win Show? Things that the characters are known for, like, you know, as part of their normal repertoire. I guess we could bring up every one-shot weapon that Daredevil's ever used, but I didn't do that because I respect the rules. But let's talk about it. Old comics, yes. Daredevil got beaten by some guy named Frogman 155 years ago. But James, when I mentioned that Aquaman got beaten in his first appearance by being hogtied and thrown in the ocean, you didn't seem to respect that point at all. It's weird. Suddenly you think it matters now what happens in his like first ever appearances when it really doesn't. And you know it. And Sonic and gas attacks. I've already talked about how he can control his body. Daredevil can to resist gas type attacks and his Sonic attacks. Well, it seems a little bit like dirty pool, James to bring up Sonic Attacks with Roger Craig Smith as the host of the show. I see what you're doing, and I do not care for it. Punisher has hit him, sure. In one-on-one fights where Daredevil is staring down Punisher, Daredevil beats his butt and Punisher has to run away. When Punisher ambushes Daredevil and uses all of his stuff, yes, Punisher can get over on Daredevil when he plans ahead and has all that stuff. Come on. Bat Family needs prep time. This is the whole point. Punisher needs a plan to beat Daredevil. Red Hood would need a plan to beat Daredevil. He does not have one in a who would win battle. And he, of course, Red Hood knows head trauma and he's going to know it again. We all know that it was actually a bomb that killed him. Bombs don't kill Daredevil. I'm just saying. Final thing to talk about. Greatest fear of Red Hood. He got hit with scarecrow gas. His greatest fear is becoming the Joker. And I believe at the end of the day, when faced with a point, maybe if he's even getting ahead in the battle, he's going to pull back. He's going to pull back for fear of becoming the Joker. That wasn't the last thing. The best fighter in DC is now suddenly Orphan. I thought it was Red Hood a second ago. Then it was Nightwing two weeks ago. Then it was Batman the time you repped him. James, make up your mind. Listen, the best fighter in the Marvel Universe is clearly uh, Captain America from it's, Avengers Assemble. That's all I'm saying. That's just what it's everyone It's the one you're on. repping that week. That's who the best fighter in DC Comics is. Whether that character is DC Comics or not, James will say they're the best fighter in the DC Universe. I'm just saying when James says it, it carries a little less weight at this point. <laughs> I think the Pepsi Max and the head trauma are getting to you. I've always clearly said where they stand in the standings of best fighters. And again... You didn't, you didn't say anything about the best fighter of the Marvel uh, you know, universe. Anyway, all right. Roger Craig Smith. It's Daredevil, obviously. It's clearly. Roger Craig Smith. 
you, sorry, you've heard three points from both Ray and myself, and it's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process, tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Daredevil and Red Hood. Oh, this one, honestly, guys, this one, out of all of them, and I've done three of these now, uh, <laughs> this one, this this has not been easy at all. Um yeah, am I am I rendering my decision at this time? Like, is there are there is there anything else that I need to hear, or 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 we we're good to go? I mean, I do have this some Montreal style poutine waiting for you, <laughs> uh, based on what's about to be said. Okay, okay, wow, look at that. Okay, but all, you know what? Ray also mentioned Batman to Batman, so I mean, you guys are doing the sucking up has been epic. With all the Captain America references, uh, it's just and the Batman references, it's very, very, very impressive, guys. Both your point threes. Um, I mean, like y- you came into this with with like you guys were literally in a dead heat after point two and all the rebuttals. I'm I'm taking the notes here. I'm I'm seeing more issues of like with Daredevil having really excellent skills when it comes to stealth. The explosives not really touching him. I did like the Batman to Batman comment that Ray went for. I found it dirty. I found it a little under, underhanded, but effective and respectable on, uh, <laughs> on on a certain level. That said, you came in strong there at the end, James, with these uh, with, with with the clear clear attempt to butter me up with the with the Captain America reference uh, being uh, from Avengers Assemble yeah. specifically. And I'm assuming you meant the animated show. Um, I can only assume that. Yes. Um, yes, <laughs> and God, Red Hood, the tech, the, and like when you were talking. Although I will say this, James, like at one point you did say that he was the. Uh, I think you were talking about having beaten a Deathstroke, and you were saying that he was stronger than Captain America. So I, I found that it was, it was almost like a little bit like it was. You're in a, you're in a sort of an argument with yourself. Is that where you were like you're bringing that up uh, at, at some point early on? Maybe it's the, the the bad way that I was taking my notes. This magic issue I found really interesting as uh, as something that could be sort of thwarting Daredevil. Although I also kind of, I don't know, uh, I, I found myself going back and forth constantly with this, with both of these things. Because you guys both brought up excellent, excellent points. Daredevil, skills, training, it's not just weapons and tech, right? Red Hood has just like unbelievably impressive training, unbelievably impressive tech. Oh, God. This one was so, so tough. It's It kind of comes down to me to sense versus tech. And and what I found myself kind of wondering throughout this and a really good point as to why I, I'm leaning the way that I'm leaning and the way that I've voted here, not leaning, I, I've made my decision. At the onset of our show tonight, Ray was having some serious issues with his internet. And and it was it was causing issues with uh, with us being able to like start the show essentially right and it was and it was kind of glitching out and that kind of thing that to me is Ray's weakness in his reliance on tech and how easily thwarted Ray was by tech that wasn't it wasn't up to snuff it was failing him tech can be shut off but your gut it just doesn't go away until you die. And since I really and really, I found way too many references to the Bat family, the the Wayne tech, the the Batman references, the Batman training, this Bat family thing. Yes, I know that Red Hood's only human, but who would he be without the Bat family? Whereas Daredevil, 
Yes, obviously the lack of vision is a huge problem, but it's those senses that in the very end are going to be the thing that kind of takes him through. And yeah, if it comes down to sense versus tech, I think sense wins every time this match goes to Ray and Daredevil. You know what? I got to tell you something. Um, And this is something I have to admit. Everyone knows I'm a huge Bat Family fanatic. However, I love Daredevil. I really do. And I am actually absolutely good with this decision. I do think in the end, you know, in terms of who wants it the most, you know, Daredevil is someone who's a crime fighter 100% of the time and yet is still an insane attorney. Being married to an attorney who's a super superhero on her own, when you're an amazing attorney and a full-time crime fighter, you're a double superhero. I think you absolutely want it more in terms of getting the win. I'm absolutely great with this decision. Uh, had to bring it hard for a Red Hood, but man, your logic is uh, impeccable, flawless. I'm actually really good with this. Race to Canis, congratulations on a win. How are you, how are you feeling with uh, coming back uh, strong with this fight? There are certain people on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, my room, like it was an episode of Law and Order SVU from 15 years ago, and all these people in all these online spaces. I saw you when you were picking Red Hood to win this battle, and I'm not gonna lie, it made me mad. Daredevil wins this battle 11 times out of 10. Daredevil is the superior character. Daredevil is life. And unfortunately, Red Hood got in my way today. I love me some Red Hood. He is not up to snuff of Daredevil. So for all the people out there on the interwebs who doubted Daredevil and myself this week, watch me stand in glory while you cry your tears of agony. Wow. I, I was just asking how you feel. I didn't need a whole dissertation. Yeah, good Lord, on, the uh, lack of humility, Ray. Wow. You yeah. can tell this was, it's no wonder that it that it went the way that it did. I, I James, I, man, I, my hat's off to you. You you brought solid arguments, but I don't think we realized just how off his rocker Ray is for this. And well, you know, here's here's the thing, Roger Craig Smith, and you'll understand where I'm coming from. I have a lot of great stuff going on in my life right now, and of course, I did my best and, and brought it pretty well. I think with this battle, very happy Without Daredevil doubt. won. Yes. Ray doesn't have a whole lot. Ray, I'm going to talk about you like you're not here. <laughs> Play the sad music in the background if you can, producers. Ray, you know, needed this win. This is something where, like, sure, you know, it would have been great to get a win, but again, Ray needed it. It's something that's good for his soul. It's going to make him feel he doesn't have nice things. Roger Craig Smith, let him have this. I let him have this. I'm. It's see, I was feeling bad for having like like gone with Ray for the win on this after yeah. hearing his his really just thankless acceptance speech that was more just about like really just rubbing it into these anonymous faceless people on social media and I felt kind of but but I guess. No, I, I I felt sad, yeah, for Ray in that moment. And and James, you're 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 helping me reinforce that by when you when you bring this up. So Ray, I mean, it's obviously is the least I could do. Yeah, that anyone and, could do. Yeah, and so I. But I, I don't know, buddy. Just maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe just enjoy this win. Yeah, but uh, savor the win. Savor. Yeah, it. but but lighten up a little. Yeah. I'm worried about you, man. Is this like is this where we 
Does Robert come back in and now this is yeah, an this intervention? Yeah, this is where we have the intervention or? and the production team comes in and, uh, yeah. you know, I brought sandwiches. I brought sandwiches. Yeah, there we go. So it's it's going to be great. All right, Roger, listen, uh, yet again, you've come on the Who Would Win show and absolutely killed it. Brilliant decision. I love the fact that not only do you have great knowledge on both opponents, not only do you come with this breadth of knowledge as a geek enthusiast yourself, but you really, really ask great questions. You got down to it. You analyzed this. I mean, if we ever need to replace Ray, you're definitely in the top, like, three people I would replace Ray with. Well, top 10, 100. Anyway, you're somewhere hey. near the top. I'd like to bring you in if Ray ever math. isn't on the show. <laughs> please, please come back on and just bring your gift of judgeness, if that's a word, <laughs> would, onto the show. In the meantime, tell our honored. fan base, the Legion of Audience, where they can find you online. I'm still just Instagram and Twitter. It's at Roger Craig Smith for both. And I have a website that's just rogercraigsmith.com that I am in charge of and I don't update or do anything with. And uh, yeah, follow me on social media. You'll see all the upcoming announcements of shows that I'm a part of, games that I'm a part of, places I'll be, bird photography, star photography, all that wonderfully useless stuff <laughs> that that is so abundant on social media. That's where you'll find me, at Roger Craig Smith. I remember one post you did, you were dancing back and forth across camera. Oh, uh, yeah. I hate to admit this. I it loved it. I watched launch. it probably a thousand times. Oh. <laughs> it was uh, mesmerizing. Oh, thank Who you. Knew? Yeah. I think it was, uh, I was mocking the, it was like a broadcast hold music for a NASA launch, <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> Oh, no, no, it was the James Webb Space Telescope. That's I think, right. yeah, that's, we were waiting for the announcements on that and, uh, yeah, the deployment of that. And, and I just started boogieing in front of the camera. So, yeah, I have no, unlike Ray, yeah, I, I, I have, well, I guess I do have shame. I'm trying, no, I can't make the argument right now. No. I, I was trying no, to take no, a no, dig you at do Ray have. You have a gift. at the very end. Unlike Ray, you have a gift of dance, <laughs> of, of judginess. Yeah, but Ray's put up or pushed up a thousand pounds. So, or pushed off a thousand pounds. And that's something I don't think I could ever even come close to doing. <laughs> I mean, it's, he's, uh, he's pushed away a lot of people. That's for sure. All right. <laughs> Listen, Grace Decanus, congratulations on a very well-earned win. You did Daredevil fans proud, including myself. Tell the Legion of Audience where they can find you. We've talked before about the show. You tell me, oh, savor this moment. Enjoy it. It's just another victory. I've gotten so used to victory at this point. All of victory on the Who Would Win show is, at this point, to me, is staving off seven days of depression that I could be otherwise feeling. There is no joy in victory anymore. There is only languishing despair in defeat. Maybe someday I'll feel good again, but I'm not going to bank on it. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Hey, you Rainiacs. Hey, you awkward allies. This one time, I want you to not leave me alone. I want to get all over social media with hashtag Ray is right. Hashtag Daredevil. Hashtag Victory Friday. You know it's coming. You wanted it. You love it. And the rest of you, y'all know where to put it, whether chat GPT tells you or not. I don't know if you're finished. Okay, that is fantastic. Race to Canis with the win. All right. You know what? I didn't get the win, but man, did I ever have a great time. Hope you did too. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabsey. Remember to join the official Hoodwin Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. All right. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget 
to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Stekanis, the iconic Roger Craig Smith, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Remember crying when Optimus Prime died? Or the days when every series had a ham-fisted anti-drug episode? Or when you wrote fan fiction about how the Animaniacs were so hot in that water tower so they took off all their clothes and they started... No! No. Different podcast. This one is Knowing is Half the Podcast, a show devoted to the best and worst animated memories of your childhood. Every week we recap a cartoon from the past to see if they're as good as you remember. They're not. What are you talking about? They're great! You're both wrong. None of them get good until they're in a water tower. No! No. And Knowing is Half the Podcast.